Grace, peace, and mercy is yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text this morning for the message is based on the first six verses of the gospel that was just read to you. You notice that there's a title to the sermon, A Cool Reception for a Hometown Boy. That may seem kind of strange to you, calling Jesus a boy, but he was at one time, wasn't he? The problem we have with the text, and it is... um, It's revealed in Jesus' thought and the attitude of the people that Jesus was dealing with at this time was the idea of unbelief. Now, you probably haven't heard much about unbelief lately. But here the text talks about the lack of faith, the unbelief that these people had in Jesus' hometown of Nazareth. This was Jesus, you might say, his, his, his home base. And yet his own people in that town could not accept him. Unbelief has its roots in envy and pride. Remember what the middle initial in pride is? We all have that, don't we? I guarantee you, every one of us in this room, including me, has that, let, has that word, the word pride. Because we, we, our sin wants us to, to build ourselves up rather than be humble under the, the, the uh, way of the Lord. These people had forgotten something. They had the, the tradition of, uh, of the Exodus and how God took care of them in the Exodus and in the desert and finally brought them into Israel. But they had forgotten some things. They, they, they forgot how God took those, those people from, from Egypt and brought them into the promised land. Many, many years before that, and let's just think for a moment. Why did God choose the Jewish people for his own? You ever wonder about that? Why did God choose them? Did, were they any better than any other, other uh, people around them? No. But God chose them for a purpose. You remember what that, that purpose was? They were to be the light. They were to be the, the, uh, the, the window that God used to get to his people around the world. Did they, did they complete that assignment? Shake your head. No, they didn't. They, something happened. Something happened to them that they failed in their, in their mission. When God brought the children of Israel into the promised land, there was one command he gave to, to, these, to the people that they failed in their mission. And it, it doesn't sound too good today. God said, kill them all off. Can you imagine God doing that? That was so strange. Why would God want to kill all the people in that area? But there was a reason for that. Because God knew that these people out there in in the promised land before the Israelites came in, they were heathen. They had false gods. And God our Father knew that when his people go in the land, they were going to fall for those problems. And sure enough, it happened, didn't it? They took on the false gods of those people. They intermarried. God said, don't intermarry. And, they, and yet, they did. 
these people that are in the promised land now, the Jewish people, they made the big mistake of having unbelief. What do you, what do you think is unbelief? Anybody have an idea? Think for a moment. What is unbelief? Is it the rejection of Jesus? That's a, that's a thought, isn't it? Is it a rejection of the, the tradition uh, that, that God had set up in, in the, prom, in the uh, desert, that when his people went into the promised land, they would do exactly what he says? Did they do that? Nope. Big no for that one. You see, what had happened was they separated themselves from God, from the Father. That was terrible. And so God, God saw what had happened. And for that reason, he sent his son Jesus to deal with this unbelief. Jesus came, and he even, the scripture even says that Jesus marveled at their unbelief. It wasn't necessarily lack of faith, but it was a denial of who they were and who they stood for. And Jesus comments that he can only minister to a few people in his hometown. I would think that if the people would have recognized Jesus for who he was, I think they would have probably welcomed him with open arms. But the problem was, they just saw him as he really was. And, and it, this also gives a clue that Jesus didn't look any different than the other male in the, in, in the community. And the people there grew up with, with him. So they, they didn't realize that he was the son of God. He tried to get across to him who he was and what he stood for. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. So he was just like any other boy, any other man. And in fact, the Jewish people in his community looked down on him. Isn't he the carpenter's son? Isn't he a nothing? But Jesus tried to get across his, his point of what he was there for what he was going to do. And he tried to, to talk to them in parables. He gave stories. He also tried to tell, him, tell them about the kingdom of God. What was the kingdom of God like? And if, if you remember from the scriptures, you, you read where Jesus over and over and over again, he would say, the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. So he's trying to get across to these people what the Heavenly Father was all about because Jesus was sent to share the love of the Father. That's why he came. And the love of the Father was that he should die on the cross, he should take everybody's sins on his shoulders, die on the cross, and then be raised on that, that third day. That was his mission. And you, you look at... And when Jesus was, was a baby, what were the three things that the wise men gave? Gold for a king, right? Frankincense as a, as a sweet offering to the Father, and myrrh. Myrrh was an embalming fluid. 
So right at the birth of Jesus, if you look at the, the, the things that, that, that happened at that time, you can see that Jesus was programmed to death. Simple as that. How, now, how could the Father do that? How could the Father send his only son to die on the cross? It was for you and for me this morning. That's why he came. He came to be our Savior. He came to show us who he was. And I, one of the things that I wonder, and I, I know I, I fall into this, this category, sometimes I feel above Jesus, just like they did. But that's not good. That's not, that's not for me. That's not as a, as a person who is a member of the body of Christ. It's not, my, it's not me for, for being a pastor to share the good news. It's just that happens with sin. And sin is a killer. I guarantee you, it's a killer. Why do we die when we get to 70, 80, 90, 100 years old? Why does that happen? Because of sin. And that's what Jesus came to deal with, the issue of sin. Well, you see, sin separates us. Sin is a divider between our Heavenly Father and us. It divides. And Jesus comes to bring together. And this morning's uh, portals of prayer. We read, and I like these. Uh, this, this is a new one. It says, God has plans for us. We ourselves cannot achieve the eternal inheritance or good fruits. You are God's field. God's building. How are we God's workers? Because we are heirs on the good things of Christ. You see, that's what the Jewish people were to be, heirs of the blessings that God would give us, give them through Jesus Christ. And like, like I said earlier, we fail so many, many times. I think the lesson here for us to, to uh, uh, understand and try to to appraise is that you and I are sent for the same reason that the Jewish people were, were sent. That's no different. They were to be the light of the world. They were to be that uh, vessel that God, the Father, could get across to his creation of how much God is love. Was it the other day? Uh, one or two Sundays I asked, what is God's main characteristic? You, you, you ever think about that? What is his main characteristic? It's a four-letter word, isn't it? That's right. And God had so much love in himself that he, he created this earth. This, he created the heavens for the purpose of showing his love to people. And he loves people so much, you and me, that he wants you to have what he has. And God started that that way in the Garden of Eden. But then something happened, didn't it? The greatest tragedy in the history of the world. Man decided, Adam and Eve decided to go on their own, to be above God. That's a terrible thing. And so Jesus had to come 
and deal with, the, with those issues. For us, for the people of the world, for the Jewish people, for the people around us, all around us, across this, this globe, the message is God loves you, right? And he loves you so much that Jesus had to go to the cross. But that wasn't the end of it. Three days later, what, what happened? The tomb was empty, wasn't it? The tomb was empty because now you and I have visual, actual proof of God's love for us. And what did we do just a few minutes ago? We confessed our sins, didn't we? And now the result is we are cleansed of our sins. We are cleansed with the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. So you and I could enter that kingdom of glory. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He also said, I am the door. I am the gate. I am, uh, and that, those two words, I am, connects Jesus with the Father. Because you remember when, when Moses was in the desert and God spoke to him and, and Moses said, well, who shall I say sent me? What are the two words? I am. And so Jesus here, he connects those words to himself. He connects those things of the family father to you and to me. So we can have those blessings that are, that are for us. The saddest part of this, of this whole issue of, uh, that Mark brings out is the rejection of the people with Jesus. Rejection of Jesus is tragic. That could be, and I'm, I'm convinced, it is the, the unforgivable sin to reject Jesus Christ. So in our, in, in our faith, we, we, as we look at the altar, what do we see hanging over the altar? That's a cross, isn't it? most beautiful cross we could ever have is that Jesus died on that cross, which is the, the Christian symbol today. That's our main symbol, the cross. Because on that cross, Jesus suffered and died for you and me. So we can sit here Sunday mornings, we can sing our songs, and we receive the meal that Jesus has given to us, the Lord's Supper. Right? My, my prayer is for you and for me that unbelief is removed from our, our hearts and minds, that we be given that faith that we received at our baptism, and that we remain in that faith. One of, the, one of the things that I see, every once in a while you see these bumper stickers, God is my co-pilot. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You better move over. Because you want God as your pilot. He will direct us in the right way. And our, our hope and prayer is that each of us will grow in our faith. That we will grow in the love of people. That we will grow in the love of Jesus Christ. And we will let him control our lives. May God grant that for Jesus' sake. Amen.